welcome back to another episode of Content That Grows. Today, I am excited to be sitting back down with my co-founder, Kevin King. How's it going, Kevin? Pretty good, Nate. How about yourself? Doing well. Excited today. You know, we've, we've been uh, cruising along through this um, number of, of, of podcasts this season to really cover an, a lot of topics. And, you know, so we've kind of gone through understanding your ICP and uh, their pain points, identifying topics and search intent, um, you know, building a strategy and a roadmap with topic clusters, how to create quality content, uh, even how to like, you know, some of the CTAs, conversion aspects of that. And now we want to get into publishing cadence and updating existing content. So if you didn't listen to any of the prior ones or you want some context on one of those, definitely check out the, the previous episodes in season two where we went in, into depth on all of those. Uh, but for today, you know, we're going to cover you know, in this episode, like, um, why these things are important, some of the key elements of each, um, and then just also how you can incorporate it into your content strategy. So uh, jumping right in, you know, Kevin, I think it'd be super interesting just to get going with like uh, sharing what what are some of the reasons why it's important to have a consistent publishing cadence? Yeah, um, I mean, for us historically being really heavily rooted in, in organic search, um, I think the biggest one to, that stands out is really organic SEO health. Um, a frequency of publishing or like consistent publishing there just um, ensures that you're gonna make sure you're you know enhancing the website, expanding the website, getting more URLs indexed, which really in turn drives um, the number of keywords that you're ranking for up. Right, which is good because that means you're getting the ability, your potential for being discovered for brand queries, of course, which would grow over time. But most importantly, non-brand queries, things that would possibly fall throughout the the funnel or the buyer journey. Right, um, really, really important for that. Just generally, like if a website stops growing, then Google kind of just disregards it. So organic um, health in that regard is really important. And then the other <clears throat> other side of that is um, the more content that you can uh, publish and internally link. We talk a lot about content clusters, topic clusters, content hubs, however you define it internally. Um, the more content you publish, the more opportunities you have to connect that to pages and other pages on the website in a meaningful way, right? So that also helps lift um, organic search visibility and traffic over time. So I'd say those are like some of the, the key things around organic health. And then um, uh, return visitors. Um, and this can be, a, this is a kind of a broader spectrum of how it works, but like if you are consistently publishing really quality content, which we know is a bit subjective, um, it, it, it should bring users back. If, peop, if you get on people's radar, um, they'll notice that you are um, producing content on frequent, uh, a frequent clip, they'll wanna come back, um, check out the latest thing you've published, right? That, that's, you know, obviously something that's a bit harder to attribute, but like it, we've seen over many years of blog publishing that that's usually consistently the case. Um, and then what in turn happens usually is um, an increased social share and, and reach across social, right? Like you have you yeah. publish constant content consistently, it's got high quality, people are gonna wanna share it, get more reshares, all that, which then in turn just drives new users and visibility. Um, but again, frequency of publishing is really critical. If you st stop publishing, people will forget you. It's internet moves fast these days. Um, and then uh, cross-functional use cases is big. Um, so like internally, um, we, uh, love talking about um, content that 
you know, sits in the middle of like the Venn diagram across like core um, teams like marketing, sales, and CS. Um, so from the yeah. CS side, you produce really good content that kind of hits on all of those things. Like it could provide value to current customers. Um, and it's really, really great to enable a customer success or support team to be able to be like, oh, have you checked out this latest piece that we published on our blog that ties back to maybe a problem that your customers are having? Um, yeah. And then similarly, um, sales enablement, sales um, aspect of that, of that. Salespeople love to use content and, and marketing likes to enable sales to use content to communicate to prospects around what's, um, uh, again, a problem that they might need to be solved and you uh, establishing your authority around that. Um, it's just really great. And the frequency aspect of that is that like the more recent you've published, more recently you've published, the more effective it likely is. If it's a few years old or anything like that, it's going to be stale. So you want to make sure that you keep doing that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we talk a bit about like uh, a lot of times, you know, good content and content that's being published at a consistent rate can tend to be like kind of fuel for a lot of marketing. So you kind of have, you know, like we said, um, the return, you know, the social sharing, it just also continues to be what you're sharing in newsletters and uh, breaking up and sharing you know, more social posts around it and maybe creating videos and sharing with sales. And so, um, yeah, totally, totally makes sense that it's definitely, I think a lot of folks from an SEO perspective think about it that way and, and understanding kind of the, the indexation um, perspective, but I, it really does go far beyond SEO and, and has a lot of the benefits there for, for all of marketing and sales. For sure. And um, I, I love in the organic aspect of content and what it can do from an SEO perspective is always going to be near and dear to my heart, our team's heart and all that, I think. But I, it's always just a starting point that I think can just benefit um, so many other aspects of the business. Um, if you're keeping that in mind, as a, again, as a starting point, but ultimately making sure that you can you reuse it in all these different ways is super powerful. Yep, totally. Um, so in, with that, in terms of like process, um, what do you think are some of the key factors that are necessary to be able to publish consistently? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot, you know, it's, there's a big difference when you kind of go from, well, we're, you know, publishing one or two posts a month and, and sort of normal at an earlier stage company kind of doing whatever you can. But as a, a program matures and you really kind of get into like, um, there's just a lot more going on and wanting to publish more and, and more consistently. Um, there's also just a lot of things that can kind of work against you um, in that if it's not planned properly. So I think number one is just having a clear strategy and really kind of knowing what's the big picture instead of just constantly trying to pick topics or, or decide, you know, who publishes when or whatever, like a clear strategy. Uh, and then with that, you know, really kind of tying into like, quarterly and monthly planning. Um, so I think that's like a, a big factor in that too, is is not just like the, the high level strategy, but like every quarter, every month specifically, what needs to happen. Uh, and ideally you're planning that ahead of the month starting. <laughs> um, another big factor in that quarterly and monthly planning is you have to have margin in those plans. Um, if you want to be publishing consistently, you cannot be, you know, packed, uh, full schedule and then when things pop up it totally derails uh your systems and, and kind of throws off the consistency so you have to build in margin with that um 
I think another big factor is having a rolling backlog. So really, um, you know, getting ahead in your publishing, or sorry, in the creation of, of content is super important. So you shouldn't be publishing something the day that it's finished. You know, you should be working ahead and have, you know, ideally at least a week, maybe as much as you know, four or five weeks. Uh, this creates a very healthy balance for your team and allows them to do whatever they need to do and, and, uh, and you know, take time off or whatever to keep things going. You know, that's, that's a huge part of it is really just having that buffer. Um, and then, you know, similarly is a buffer helps here, but you really need to have good processes. Like no one's really publishing just straight text uh in any content um, type and so there's always kind of a need for like design and you also have like editing needs and so if that's not all neatly contained in in a team that you're running um then you're dependent on other people with other priorities so you need to have a good process to have a very clear understanding of how you keep getting those elements um so that you don't feel like well we have all the content but you know we're waiting on design for all these things uh, and really just building that process to be uh, proactive. And then lastly, I would say is just bandwidth, um, being realistic about what you have, either that's all internal or you have an agency or a contractor or some combination of both, but um, really making sure you kind of have the right bandwidth to create whatever you're setting out in that the strategy and the planning um, so that it's again, sort of realistic and, and you're able to to do what you, you set out to do. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, process, and resources key to, to making sure that you can actually publish consistently, which is something I think a lot of companies struggle with, um, uh, especially early on, just how do you define process? Or what do you need to define process and all that? And I think um, one of the things that's interesting is that um, there isn't one size fits all process for these types of things, right? It's But as long as you do right. build out a process, um, even if it's not imperfect, especially early on, that's what's going to actually enable you to act to publish consistently and do all these things that you outline queer strategy monthly planning right like all that is wrapped around just establishing a process so uh, super super key yeah absolutely and i would say you know it's probably a couple plugs uh for season one episodes in there as well i think um chelsea and i uh chelsea from chili piper uh we we talked a bit about that having that margin and being able to like kind of adapt to real time opportunities and stuff within the company. Uh, so there's some good opportunity uh, content there to, to kind of dive in more. And, um, and then, uh, John Bonini of Databox, uh, he and I definitely covered quite a bit on like the process side of things. And, you know, one of the things I remember from that, from kind of building out what you just said is like a lot of process improvements come out of just continually solving your own pain. Um, And so I think that's a super interesting way to kind of keep thinking about that as you're building it is like, you know, don't necessarily get frustrated. I mean, you can, but like, don't, don't get frustrated because things are not working. Like just peel back the layers, figure out why, and then build a process to fix it and then tweak that process over time. So, um, but yeah, so I think that's, it's a super, um, helpful list of things that kind of like really kind of help you build into the consistency and not get thrown off track. Um, but one thing that I think we should also touch on is sometimes we hear people being a, a bit, um, hesitant about con- like publishing consistently and, and it feels a little too like formulaic to them. And so, um, you know, I think it would be interesting to kind of hear you highlight some of the, the areas where you think that that's, uh, people are just kind of like, 
shy away from publishing consistently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think actually on that point, one of the big things I think that has become more popular over the years is, is ultimately this idea of just, which isn't surprising, but quality over quantity, right? Um, focusing in on let's spend time thoughtfully on a, a really good piece of content. It doesn't matter how frequently we publish, like let's just say we're gonna do one one a month. But ultimately that goes back to still establishing some sort of process and cadence, right? Which is consistent. Um, but uh, I think that that's a big, a big thing that um, companies uh, are, are getting a little bit stuck on um, and not really focusing on um, a, a good, finding out a good balance between like, yes, there is a way to get quality and it doesn't have to be just one piece that's long or whatever, and, but you can have a balance because there's opportunity cost at not um, uh, probably pushing the pedal a little bit on, on getting content out a bit more frequently um, yeah. because I think you strike that balance. But I think another one is, um, which is tied to that as well though, is ultimately being resource strapped um, and unsure on how to actually scale a, 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 a consistent production and publishing process, which I mean, your last cu uh, couple points were really tied to that. Um, yeah. And um, uh, another big one too though, which I think we see even more often is um, just attribution of content performance. I think that that kind of, it holds people back a bit. Um, I, you know, of course, you need to focus on ROI to some extent um, and how content is impacting your business. But I think that so very often we um, encounter um, uh, businesses or teams that are like, you know, maybe not uh, focusing in on like engagement across a lot of different factors like social or um, a lot of different things that aren't just pure, straightforward. Um, ROI attribution. Um, so I think like ultimately they get mixed up in should we even continue to publish content consistently? Like let's push out something every once in a while. Um, sure. We know we should, but we don't know what, what it's doing for us. So let's just focus there, even though they might have the signals telling them this is doing something for you, but not directly towards, um, an, uh, you know, uh, a, an ROI or conversion or anything like that. Um, and then uh, I would say also just like not wanting to oversaturate the audi an audience Right. And, um, yeah, you, um, if you publish a lot, um, and you are in a specific space where maybe you could potentially exhaust some topics or feel that you are, you don't want to, you know, um, hit your audience over the head with a lot of the same kind of content, even though there's a lot of, of things you can get out of it. So I think that can be something on, on the flip side of that. There's, um, uh, sometimes not a really great process for identifying topics to publish, Right. Um, I think that uh, uh, it can get um, pretty difficult to un understand what to prioritize and where to start and all that. So, like, I just think thematically across a lot of these, it's just a lot of kind of like we don't know how, where to start. So let's just be really conservative about how we do go about publishing. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say those are some of the biggest things that really kind of like hold people, hold people or teams back from publishing pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I, I hear a lot the the oversaturating, which is funny, you know, because it's like you probably could squash that that uh, line of thinking pretty quickly if you would just think about what's your TAM and then like how many impressions and views and how much engagement are you getting on the content, like in kind of just getting yourself out of that mindset to not think that it's always the same people seeing the same stuff. 
but it's still a fair. You don't want to have balance in that. Uh, and I think the other one is definitely the the quality over quantity. I think anytime you start talking about specific amounts per month or anything like that, it really um, for for some people just really starts to feel like well, it can't be quality if if it's you know we're hitting a certain amount. And uh, I think that the items that I talked about earlier really are uh, big factors in in making sure that you you are keeping up quality, but you're also just adding framework and clear expectations and, and marching towards something that's consistent and not just low quality. For sure. Um, which, um, one of the things about the, uh, well, topic selection kind of, uh, area and not understanding where to focus or even oversaturating, right? Oversaturating content or, um, your audience on, um, a specific topic over and over again, uh, around creating new content, especially, um, uh, we talk a lot about um, updating existing content as a, a core function uh, to a production team or a content team. Um, what are some of the uh, reasons why you think companies um, really should, can and should update existing content? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's big. I think certainly in the last couple of years, more people have become aware of it. Um, even just in when I jump on calls with folks, I feel like there's a decent amount of people that'll be like, you know, here's what we're doing and we're, and we're updating content and we're refreshing, you know, and they, they're very eager to kind of call out that they're doing that. Um, so I think it's something that's become uh, more familiar to teams, but um, in terms of like why someone should or, or, or can be doing that, um, I think, you know, one of the biggest is, um, you know, content decay. We've talked about that quite a bit and you have a pretty in-depth guide on that uh, on our blog as well. Um, and there's, there's a couple of factors. One is like, you really have to stay on top of it. The more and more content you have, like it's just natural that you're going to have um, some declines in performance. And that happens from competition or internal competition. There's a number of reasons um, in why that can happen, but really just trying to uh, be looking at the data on a frequent enough cadence that you can see if something is um, stalled out or actually declining that you can dig in, understand why and make the changes to prevent that from going down before you discover that it's dropped 70%, uh, you know, in, over the last few months or whatever. And so, and the, a big reason for that is like, if you think about all the work you're putting into, um, new content that you want to start generating traffic and, and bringing people in and awareness and engagement and all that, the more, you have to work that much harder to offset the things that are declining sort of under the surface. Um, and so really the way that you get that like compounding growth and like um, a much faster growth rate is that you're keeping that in check so that it's not working against you and, and eroding. Um, I think another reason, especially uh, for anyone kind of coming into a new program with a lot of existing content, um, most often cre uh, updating an existing post will tend to uh, produce better results faster than trying to create something new. Um, and so that can be a good way to kind of get some, some early wins, some, some tailwinds uh, to be able to then kind of balance out. Uh, and I know for some clients, we've focused entirely on updating existing content before we even create anything new. Um, and so I think that's a big one is just faster gains. And then lastly, um, you think about how much time and, and energy and care you're putting into creating a new piece right now this month you should 
take some steps to like maintain that and and still care about it in six months or 12 months uh, enough to to go back and make sure it's still up to date it still has you know good references and screenshots and all that stuff so it's also just like kind of being a good steward of of all the things that you're spending time on now and not just sort of like getting on that treadmill and create it and then forget it ever existed never look at it again for sure yeah that last point is i think super important to really um hammer home which is just uh if you're creating content that ultimately you wouldn't want to update at some point or nurture to to continue to grow then like that shouldn't exist and that's a whole other aspect of content updating right which um we've touched on before and um but uh but yeah you just got to nurture it like anything that's organic which this is like requires that level of nurturing and care and um we have we've talked about it i think in that content decay um guide on the on our blog the the uh content life cycle right like there's a specific mm-hmm. um uh few um phases or stages of the life cycle that like it you know it initially grows and plateaus and it can uh, decay right like once yeah. you start to understand that that's how those piece of content a piece of content like lives and breathes quote unquote over time you'll start to like really care that like oh i want to bring this back to life um so it's yeah. it's super important yeah i mean i think that's what you mentioned is a great point that like if it's not even worth taking care of long term then like why create it in the first place i think that's that's a really healthy way to think about it um and, and yeah, I mean, I think overall, it's, there's just so much to it. And I know there were some pieces um, uh, that I've encountered um, over the years where like, it's also just a, a function of competitiveness in that particular SERP for that topic, or whatever, where some things potentially need to be, you know, refreshed, updated, recalibrated, whatever, uh, as much as like, you know, every other month or quarterly and, um, and that's just and that's just because you have some very very skilled people on the other side that are really just sort of doing the same thing and you're sort of duking it out for for the SERPs. So um, that's a I think an important aspect as well is like kind of understanding that some you really have to stay on top of, especially if they're high traffic drivers or you're you're you know if you're at you know thirty forty thousand a month and you're losing fifty percent on that in a quarter, that's a huge swing. You're talking about you know. 20,000 visits gone per month uh, in how many new pieces of content you have to create to, to make that up. So it's a really big factor and, and, and an important aspect. Uh, and I would say the, the question that we get the most um, is folks just trying to understand what is that balance um, of new versus existing. And, and the short answer is it's different for everybody. But um, but really like understanding how to incorporate the, the updates into like the regular publishing cadence. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it all comes back down to process, right? Um, a couple factors really outside of that, but it starts with process. Um, I think you can't update existing content if you don't have any, right? So like, I think ultimately uh, um, you need to have like one, at least one to two years worth of content um, just so you can observe that natural content life cycle that we yep. kind of touched on. Um, and because there are, there's going to be a specific point within every stage of, um, with every, um, 
point in that content lifecycle where you can pinpoint where you should start to update it, right? Like if there's this natural uh, trajectory that it goes on, once it starts to decay, you want to update it, right? Um, maybe if it's plateaued, you want to get ahead of that decay. Um, or even at the beginning, you've just noticed it's been time and it's not performing in that level that you would project it out or predict it to be performing. Um, yep. So like ultimately you need time. So that is a key thing, right? I, I think that goes without saying, um, <clears throat> just so you can observe those natural growth uh, patterns. And then you can build that process probably around it, which ultimately comes back to like a monthly or quarterly analysis, right? Um, <clears throat> you don't want to get in over, um, over engineer or uh, do it for too long or uh, too frequent, right? So monthly to quarterly is probably pretty good depending on how much content you're publishing. Um, quarterly is probably even is good enough because then you can build a roadmap of it, right? Um, yeah. Depending on where, how much content you have. But like at a high level, you got to establish some sort of cadence to make sure that you're, your either content team or maybe you have an SEO team or an SEO person, or if you're a marketer of one that you're just like, let's check in on across yeah. like Google search console and see what, where impressions, clicks and rankings are across key pieces of content and just go like, nope, time for an update. And over time you'll, you will start to see that. Um, there is probably like, depending on the competitiveness or um, amount of traffic that you get, that you're going to be like, oh, let's just earmark this for, We'll update this once a year or once every other quarter. Just check yeah. in on it and you can build a, a really good um, repository or a future roadmap for how you do that. Um, and then ultimately that'll that'll establish kind of like the ratio at which you should be um, yeah. <clears throat> building out um, or you're the ratio of new versus like updating content, right? Because it's not going to be the same for every business. Um, you might be like, I want to update one and publish three pieces, right? If you're on a once a week cadence, essentially, and you're publishing four to four to six pieces a month, right? And then you can, yep. you know, adjust that just again, depending on how much decay or a performance degradation or whatever you want to call it um, across the content you have is happening. And then um, I think you'll really be into a, a, a good uh, rhythm around like actually getting that into the the, pro the production process. And then that'll just yep. scale, right? You tweak it as you go and you publish more content and kind of rinse and repeat. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think there's a lot there that that you mentioned. I think certainly having the bank of content is really important. Um, but even just, yeah, kind of having that, like, whatever, just set a recurring calendar for yourself or whatever, a recurring task in your task management system that pops up every three months and says, hey, go check this. And yeah, if you're a team of one, the very least jump into Search Console, you know, compare last three months to the three months before that and just sort descend and just see what's what's <laughs> falling apart um, and start there. I mean, it's you don't have to have a big team to be able to, to keep an eye on it and make sure you're you're incorporating um, everything you're doing there. And then I think the other thing that to mention is that it's it is a helpful thing once you do start looking at it regularly to understand um, resourcing. I think is a really big part too. So if you say, well, you know, we have enough resources to create eight posts a month and you are in a very competitive space, you have a lot of existing content and you realize that you have to update at least eight per month just to not, not lose traffic, then that is a resourcing question to say, do we want this channel to just maintain or do we need more resources to maintain and grow on top of that? So I think that's a great um, you know, resourcing uh, perspective as well. Yeah, 
totally. I, I think like you'll get to a level. I think that's a really good point. Another one to like really emphasize around that there is a bit of like prevent of making sure that you aren't um, losing any gains. So figuring out a formula to understand how to like prevent that, you know, traffic or lead loss, whatever it is that you're seeing um, by making sure you're like, oh no, we have to update X number of pieces along with publishing new. So I'm super, super important to think through. With that, understanding exactly the balance of, you know, what should be and shouldn't be updated or how frequent you should be. What are some of the ways that um, existing content can like tactically, strategically be updated? Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's certainly a big one. We probably, probably could have done a whole podcast episode just on on that at a, at a very deep level. But I think um, it is important to at least go, you know, a, a level or two deeper into this because you a lot of people just say, you know, refreshing content or updating content, but that there are different ways you go about it. So I think one is um, consolidating content. So sometimes, like you said before, when you start to get this library of content, then you can kind of look at what's going on. You can see, well, we actually have like, four or five different posts that are actually kind of like not that complete and they're um, they're all sort of around this like larger topic and so we can actually just take all of that combine those set up 301 redirects to from the old the other posts into the new one uh, and really kind of make this a clear solid resource uh, for someone to kind of be able to see end to end so consolidation is a big one um, not quite a, a flip side but like um, a little bit of an alternative to that is sometimes you see in the content that, uh, looking at the data, that there are queries that are matching to uh, posts and um, they're not ranking well, but it's a signal that sort of the search engine is saying, hey, this is, we see this as related to what you created here, um, but you just know you're not going enough in depth on that. So you may actually just want to add, uh, you know, a whole, you know, H2 and a whole section to go more in depth on that, or you break it out into its own posts and have like internal links. Um, so that's another area where you can say, we're seeing some signals, but we have to do something different to, to really be able to, to kind of optimize for that. Um, and then I would say, you know, another thing is sort of like balancing. Um, sometimes you just need a full refresh. It's like, hey, this is three years old it's not quite right, the intents changed a little bit, like there's just a bunch of stuff. We basically just need to start from scratch or you know, rewrite 80, 90% of this. Um, and I would consider that kind of a full re refresh, full rewrite. Uh, but other times, you know, it's a lighter one and it's you know, maybe tweaking a headline or some, some H2s or you know, adding a little bit of context here, again, some of the data you're seeing, but it's just some, some tweaks to kind of just like help bump it back up uh, in, in performing well there. Um, and then lastly, I think there's just sort of like some some maintenance and like just make, like what we talked about before, like just making sure your content is is well maintained. So, um, you know, a big one is like when when product design changes for your for your company and, uh, or you add new product features or whatever, then like kind of going back and understanding where there's product screenshots within your content to update that. Um, Sometimes sources that you cited, the website shut down, or you know it's no longer as trusted, or whatever it might be, um, things like that. You want to kind of update links, external links that you have in your content. Um, and then I think just also, I think I talked about this before. Like if you're just your target audience has changed, you'd be like 
you went from kind of a being everything to everyone and you just focus on enterprise or you're just narrowing in on a certain ICP, uh, you know, looking back through your content in that standpoint, you may need to make some, some refreshes and really just be able to speak to your audience well. So, um, I would say that, that like, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. And there are each, each post requires like looking at it, understanding what should you do with this? What is needed and what's the best way to kind of like get the most out of, of updating it. Yeah. Yeah. All those are, are, are super effective. Um, and I think what's important for, um, uh, team marketing teams or businesses to understand that because we've had, talked a lot about process is that understanding those different tactics can inform process which will yep. uh, you know allow teams to understand the scope of work and project manage around content production a lot more effectively right because if you're doing a full refresh that's a full piece of content that we need to go re-research or whatever um, if you're doing yep. a light refresh like that won't take as long like it'll allow you to understand what you can maybe get out even quicker versus what will take more time so i think it's really important for um for people to understand that like you can you can build a process around understanding the types of content to create and the types of content that you are um updating and uh, the ways you're updating them absolutely yeah i'm definitely have been part of that um in in that we had a pretty clear understanding of you know a, two light refreshes basically equaled one full refresh and so when you're doing that monthly planning and you you have a really good understanding of okay we can do two full refreshes two light refreshes and this many new posts and here's the ones that are you know most in need or whatever like it's it's extremely helpful so totally agree build a lot of process around that um so yeah, I think this has been been great. You know, we kind of went through um, you know the how and why on uh, consistent publishing, and and then also kind of digging in a bit on existing content and why it makes sense to be looking at that, updating that. So um, lots of great stuff there. Um, next episode, we'll be jumping into a little bit more on like content distribution and repurposing. Um, so excited to get into that. But with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, please uh, like, uh, subscribe the podcast in uh, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you're listening. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, please check out 10speed.io slash podcast for all the previous episodes this season that I mentioned, uh, with some of the stuff we've already gone through, as well as season one where we had uh, quite a few different guest interviews. So uh, check those out as well. Um, and with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Nate.